get ready. Get your seatbelts fast. You're about ready to land on the planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Coming to you direct from the Tower of Okayama Castle, it's episode 33 of Planet Japan, bathing with monkeys and catching molesters. On this week's show, we'll tell you the best places to go to take a hot bath outdoors. You'll also learn which one of the 47 masterless samurai was the heaviest drinker. All this and much more important information on this week's Planet Japan. Stay tuned. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. It was early morning at the military base, and the first sergeant was calling out names for the daily work parties listed on a piece of paper. Ames. Here. Jensen. Here. Jones. Here. Magursky. Here. Seaback. Seaback. Where's Seaback? The troops remained totally silent. At that point, someone came up to the first sergeant, whispered in his ear. The first sergeant looked at the piece of paper turned it over and continued calling the names on the other side. On the back. See back. It's a military joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. Were you ever in the Army? Yep. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, you were not. Okay, I wasn't. <laughs> I used to play Army when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, didn't, we did not use real guns when I was five. Oh, well, that's good. Not like nowadays. Yeah. My mother insisted, okay, if you have to play Army, you're not going to use a real gun. I don't know why exactly. I guess she thought it just might be too dangerous. Maybe. Mothers worry so much. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. So, I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Moo Chavez. And we are back again for episode 33 of The Planet Japan. Thanks for coming back. We're so happy you're here. Wow. We're going we're gonna to have so much fun tonight. I've heard a rumor that this is going to be the best show ever. Let's hope so. The, the most fun ever that you've ever heard in your ears on the planet the most fun you can have with your clothes on there you go okay so yes ma'am did you check out all those beautiful japanese girls in kimono for seiji no hi coming yeah. of age day last week that's right once a year uh, on the second monday of january we have our coming of age day where people who turn 20 celebrate the fact that they are now adults and are entering into the adult world putting behind all those childish things. That's right. Saying mm -hmm. goodbye to their childhood. And they can drink. And smoke. And they can smoke. And they can vote. And they can drink while voting. Yay! They can smoke while they're drinking. Absolutely. Sure. But they can drive when they're 18, you know. Mm. Yeah. But the thing is, is that there's a big ceremony, and anyone who's turning 20 during this year of 2006 mm -hmm. uh, goes to the ceremony on the same day, everyone. And the girls dress up in beautiful kimonos, and the guys uh, just wear suits. It's amazing, all the beautiful young women dressed in these amazingly gorgeous kimonos, just wandering around the city like flowers, walking flowers. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. One of the few times they'll ever get to wear a kimono. And so a lot of them go and have photos taken, big expensive mm -hmm. portfolios of mm -hmm. photos and stuff. And they'll also, some of these girls, will use those photos for their omiai arranged marriages. Oh, indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that would be a good idea. Well, arranged meetings, I should say, not marriages. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whether they decide to marry or not is up to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a girl, uh, a student of mine, a few years back, who had done omiyai more than a hundred times. 
No way. Yeah. You couldn't do it more than 100 times. She said it was like every Sunday, her mother would set her up with another guy. For four years? It was a long time. Wow. Well, no, about two years, once a week. 50 weeks, 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. <laughs> your your math is a little off. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah, so what's wrong with that? Yeah, so for like a couple of years, every Sunday, uh, she'd be set up with this guy, and they'd go out, and she'd go, mm, no thanks. The same guy? No. Oh. Different guy. Wow. She just was uh, very picky, I guess. Hard to please. I guess so. I suspect she's still single to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a photographer, it's a great day to wander around and get some great photos of these uh, women in their kimonos. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. Well, now all these young people are old enough to drink, and now they can take part in the latest trend among young people. Uh-oh, I'm afraid to ask. Cup sake. <gasps> cup sake. Yeah, drinking sake by the cup. By the cup. Now, this may sound odd, but actually sake for a long time has been sold in 1.8 liter bottles, mm -hmm. which are huge. Yeah. It's kind of intimidating. Indeed. And sake, as you know, the, a traditional beverage of Japan, has kind of gained a reputation as being for old men. And so what they tried to do to get it among the younger generation, them drinking it again, is they've made it uh, cool and classy. And they're serving it in just one cup containers now, where you can buy it for like two or three hundred yen for just one cup, and that way you can also sample all the different kinds in okay. the bar. And the cups are very small, right? So it's kind of like taking shots. Well, yeah. you don't exactly drink it that way, but <laughs> mm. yeah, if you haven't, if you don't know your sake, mm -hmm. get out there and do some sake sampling, like wine tasting. Yeah, you know, uh, there's nothing really better than a hot sake on a cold winter night. Isn't that so true? Yeah, there is a word yes. in Japanese really? for drinking sake while watching the snow, sakebuki. Sakebuki. Yeah. Drinking, yeah. drinking uh, sake in the snow. Well, watching the snow fall. Oh, I see. And it's especially nice if you're in one of the outdoor onsens Ooh, while you're doing this. That does sound good. It's really nice. Indeed. Okay. So that's the latest trend. Cup yeah. sake. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, really, young people, this is a good time to be turning of age because not only can you drink cup sake, this new trendy thing, mm -hmm. but you can even have it delivered by a robot. A robot will deliver your sake to you. Well, soon they will. They've just uh, completed work, <coughs> so to speak, on Asimo, the robot, who is 130 centimeters tall, mm -hmm. and he can run at six kilometers an hour, which is about, you know, the strolling rate uh, of a person walking. Mm -hmm. And he can also serve drinks. This is the important thing. We all want our own personal robot to serve us drinks. Wouldn't that be great? I've been dreaming of that since I was a child. I tell you, this is going to be great. And he even pushes a card around so you can fill the card up with your sake or beer, whatever you want, mm -hmm. and just kind of go back and forth between the refrigerator and the sofa. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that'd be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty cool looking robot. I just, uh, I wonder if robots don't have, you know, better things to do with their talent. They seem to be kind of wasting their life away serving people. You think so? They should be, mm. you know, creating and designing and being a force for good. Well, then they'd compete with us humans. Well, they're going to take over before too long. Humans will no longer be necessary. You didn't see the movie, iRobot? Oh. Oh, yeah, you should watch that. Look out. The robots are coming. Speaking of onsens, <laughs> yes. 
We have a Q&A. Oh, that's right. We got a, a question from a, a listener. We do. Shall I? I think you should. This is from Kaz in California. Mm -hmm. And he says, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. I really enjoy the show. Thank you. Cool. And I have a question. I'm thinking of going to Japan ah. to go hot spring hopping. And are there any rotenburo, mm -hmm. which is the outdoor bath, that you guys recommend? And we're not going to tell him that uh, 14,000 people died in hot baths last year. Yeah, hopefully he didn't hear that when we talked that about podcast, it before. Right. Yeah, that might scare mm -hmm. him off a little bit. <laughs> well, I have some recommendations. Go for it. All right. First of all, I would recommend bathing outdoors with monkeys. Ah, uh, yeah. A mm. favorite pastime. And you can do that in Nagano Prefecture and I think also Ishikawa Prefecture. Mm -hmm. Nozawa Onsen okay. is a place that where you can uh, bathe with the monkeys. And so the monkeys check that jump out. Right, into the, right into the tub there with you? Well, actually, they don't. Do they they have the a separate tub. Oh, they have their own tub. Yeah. But okay. they do tend to hang out in the hot, the hot tubs because it's so cold. Do they wear the little towels too? Oh, no, they're fully naked. Full frontal monkey nudity? The full Monty. I can't deal with that. Yeah. Sorry. And then another place I would uh, recommend is in the town of Kotohira in Shikoku. That's mm -hmm. where Kompira-san is, the, the famous temple. Okay. And I recommend that because it's there's a uh, co-ed bath. If you oh, that sounds like know. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the Nozawa Onsen one is too. Really? Boy, I've uncovered my secret hobby, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. hmm. And then one other place I'd recommend is a place I went last weekend in northern Okayama Prefecture in the mountains, mm -hmm. and it's called Gokurakuan. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's run by two German people, a couple, and uh, they kind of do these meditation seminars and stuff in the mountains. But also you can go there for a homestay. And uh, they'll cook for you, and they have this lovely outdoor onsen hot spring, cool. and it's really nice. That and you can have good. the whole place to yourself. Cool. Yeah, and they'll come and pick you up at the train station as well. Isn't there a little town near here in Okayama Ken? Takebe. It's, the whole town is nothing but onsen. Really? I think so. <laughs> There's a bunch of them there. Hmm. Yeah. And it's right next to that forest. That's really cool. If it's Takebe, that would be on the way up to actually Gokurakuan. Oh, really? Yeah, but I haven't been, I haven't stopped oh, okay. at Takebe, but I did see it on the train line. Yeah, there's an international villa up there. Yeah, that's in right. Takebe. Yeah, mm. but that's an, in, an indoor onsen. Right. And he wants Rotenburo, but they might have one there. Oh, there's a small outdoor one there. Oh, you've been there? To. Yeah, I went there once. Oh, why didn't you say so? I just, I just did. Kaz also wants to know how hard it is to get around the mountains in February and if the trains still run efficiently during the snow. And um, I don't really know about the northern regions, but around here in the mountains that we do get some snow and all the trains run on time. Sometimes the Shinkansen, I think, does get delayed if there's a really heavy snow. So thank you very much, Kaz, and I'll give you a big moo for your Q and A question. Well, speaking of high-tech kinds of things, like robots, uh, did you hear about, about what happened in England recently on a, on a TV reality show? No. name of the show was Space Cadets. Hmm. And some people think this is an example of how reality shows are just getting out of control. Now, I don't know about you, but I appreciate a good practical joke. How about you? Sure. Are you a practical joke player, or are you a practical joke receiver 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't play practical jokes very often. But you do have practical jokes played on you? Not very often. Really? So you're not really a member of the practical joke community? Nope. That's too bad. It is. I yeah. Would, yeah, I kind of enjoy a practical joke every now and then. My favorite practical joke, it's a small-scale practical joke, but uh, I used to have this great little plastic replica of a cockroach, Ooh. a gokibudi, as we say in Japan. You can have so much fun with that. Just oh, yeah. put it down next to somebody when you're sitting next to them on the bus, for example. <laughs> That's very practical. Sure. Is that why they call it a practical joke, or is it because it's practically ah. a joke? But not quite. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you could, if you need some more room on the bus, if you don't want to sit next to this person, you, you bring out your plastic cockroach. That's very practical. That'll do it every time. Yeah. yeah. Now we know how to always get our own seat on the train and the <laughs> bus. <laughs> I used to put it, uh, when I was having an English class, I would get the students to, I would distract them, have them look out the window or something, slip the cockroach into their textbook. No way. And i go, okay, let's open our textbooks now. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite kind of joke. And they always scream, right? Oh, they scream and scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd run They'd run screaming from the room. Wow. We, we lost several students that way, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably stop doing that. Well, I've noticed that uh, Japanese girls are just deathly afraid of any kind of insect, even if it's just a fly mm. that gets in. Mosquitoes? Oh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they track it down and kill it. Oh, my God. Mm. Well, we're getting off the track here. Uh, yeah, this uh, reality show pulled a giant practical joke on three contestants. They had a series of shows where they uh, told them the idea was that they were going to uh, compete with each other to have a chance to be the first three people to be space tourists, to actually fly into space. Now, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Uh, yep. It's a tall yeah. order. So <laughs> what they did is they... They convinced these people that they were at a training base in Russia, when in reality they were in a warehouse in England. And they, sent, they, they put them through this uh, rigorous you know, astronaut training, and then they, they sent them into space. Or at least they, the contestants thought they had gone into space because they, they simulated it using these high-tech uh, you know, kind of virtual reality things. So <laughs> <laughs> they, really, they were convinced that they had gone into space and return to the earth. Did they give them drugs? Of course not. Really? No, they just... Oh, come on. They They couldn't have just believed that. This is a hoax. What they did is they spent millions of dollars, the program did, to set up this whole elaborate hoax. Just to prove how real reality TV can be? I guess so. So they come back down, and then they tell them, oh, by the way, (laughs) you didn't really go into space. It was just a joke. And what did they say? Well, we got some interesting quotes. One of the contestants was a woman, and she said, when I thought we were coming back to Earth, I was planning my speech. I was going to say it had been my childhood dream. Now, I'm a little bit heartbroken. Yeah. She was a little happy when they said they were going to give her $42,000. Well, that, I think that would, yeah, take care of almost uh, anything. Yeah, Yeah, if you're going to crush somebody's childhood dream, you might as well give them a few bucks. Sure. Yeah. But one of the other contestants took it a little more in stride. He said, uh, my mom and dad are going to love this. This is the biggest wind-up ever. This is wicked. <laughs> All right. I like his attitude. I guess wind-up means practical joke in British English. They wound me up. And they wound me up. and Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
But my favorite one is by Paul, one of the other contestants. He said, oh, man, we are not astronauts. We're just asses. Ah, the butt <laughs> of the joke. Yes, indeed. The butt of a million-dollar joke. Oh. Did they but give him $42,000, they, they all got a, a handful of money. Hmm. Yeah, but still, I mean, first you got to think, how stupid do you have to be to think you've gone into space when you've really never left the Earth? Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story, though. Hmm. Why did they pay them in dollars? Wouldn't you think they'd pay them in either pounds or rubles? Oh, I think they probably... Oh, I you mean rubles because they thought they were in Russia? Well, yeah, one of the two. I just I see. It seems strange that they would pay them in dollars. This <laughs> is a British story, right? Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and invite our listeners to send us emails if they have ever played a really great practical joke on somebody or had a great practical joke played on them. Okay. That would be good. Yeah. And once again, the very best email will win absolutely nothing. And all employees and their families are eligible. Exactly. Okay. That address again is planetjapan05 at yahoo.com. And if you send us your email, we'll probably read it on the air, unless it's really lame. Yeah. No <laughs> no um, stories about being abducted by aliens. That would be... That's the only rule. Okay. That's Out. the only rule. No okay. aliens. Yeah. Cow stories are especially welcome. <laughs> okay. What else we got for our friendly listeners tonight? Well, you know how Japan is absolutely obsessed with exams and certifications? There do seem to be lots of tests. Oh, there are, especially when it comes to protecting Japanese culture. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in ikebana, which is the Japanese flower arrangement, and you want to teach it, mm -hmm. then you have to pass all these levels of tests and pay big money each time to become a teacher. Right. And that same thing if you're in karate and you want to you know, move up with your different colored belts and stuff, each one requires a test mm -hmm. and you pay a lot of money, mm -hmm. you get a certificate and you go up. And it's, it's like this with everything, whether it be sotoban or you know, any of the Japanese arts. And in Okayama, mm -hmm. we actually have a, an examination. This is a tourism certificate. If you want to get this tourism certificate, you have to take an examination which has questions that can't be answered unless one has experience touching insects. Oh, so that's how you study for the test. You actually go out and you touch a bunch of insects. You grope them. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that sounds kind of disgusting. <laughs> well, you know, this is tourism. <laughs> you got to know your insects. Uh -huh. And then there's a, another very interesting test. Now, this is a new one. And uh, this is for experts on the story of the 47 Ronin. Oh, yes. I was not really familiar with that story. Would you like to run that past our listeners? Sure. Now, everyone in Japan knows this story, but it's about a group of warriors who lost their samurai master. And the master's name was Asano. And this all happened in the 1700s, I think 1701. And uh, Asano had injured one of his superiors. And as payment, he had to kill himself. Uh, Harakiri, you know? Harakiri, yeah. Yeah, with the knife in the Harry stomach. Harry. Yep. So the samurai then had, had no master. He was masterless. Exactly. Yeah. So um, what they all did to prove their devotion to their master was they all decided to commit seppuku, mm. to, you know, all do the knife in the stomach. All together. Wow. And they all committed suicide. Ouch. Yeah. So um, now you can take a test. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that makes you an expert on, you know, this story. 
uh-huh. and uh, Chushingura, which are like uh, tales about loyalty. I kay. see. Now, one of the questions, so if you're, in case anyone's interested in taking this exam, here's one of the questions right okay. here. One of the questions is, who was the heaviest drinker among the 47 masterless samurai? I happen to know that one. You don't. Yeah, it was number 17. <laughs> True. Really? Yeah, number seven. He was a lush. Ah, I yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Mm. I studied. Good. You <laughs> should, you'll pass the test then. If I take this test and I pass it, I can uh, become like a lecturer. Is that right? I can go around and teach about this story. Yep. Tell this story to, to groups, to crowds of adoring fans. I don't know about the crowds, but yeah, <laughs> you could teach. Mm-hmm. Right. Can I get rich doing this? Don't know. I mean, you have to pay an awful lot of money for these uh, tests and certificates, yeah. so I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'm going to start studying. I like that one. Are there other tests? or? Oh, there are lots. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, putting in a search on the internet. Tests. Japanese tests. I bet you'll come up with millions. Wacky Japanese tests. So I heard there's also a test if you want to become a, a, a train groper. Wow. A groper on the train. They have a school you can go study. They do not. Okay, I made that up. So train groping, otherwise known as choo-choo molesting, is a big problem in Japan. Yeah. These preverts, they get on the train and they'll start just groping women right and left. Wow. Center. Everywhere. The gropers grip. Yeah, we talked about this before, you know, and talked Mm. about the women-only train cars. Apparently one of our listeners thought we were just joking about that. No, it's true. It's true. They have women-only cars. Yeah. Yeah. But now they've got a new technique of catching these guys and putting them in the slammer where they belong. All right. Yeah, they have Let's a special they have a special film that they can put on the suspect's hand and then they take it off his hand and they capture microscopic can't really be seen with the naked eye pieces of fiber and they match it up with the victim's clothing. Aha. Uh-huh. To Caught prove red-handed. Yes, to prove that he is Lester the molester. Wow. Yeah. And uh, evidently this has really increased the number of people that have been uh, arrested and convicted for choo-choo molesting. Yeah. Yeah. Groper's grip. Groper's grip, indeed. Yeah, because that's always been the thing about it is that it's hard to prove. Yeah. And so a lot of people just don't want to take issue, you know. Mm -hmm. But now, hell, they've got got the evidence. Yeah. Ladies, just uh, next time it happens, just, uh, you know. Kick them in the nuts first, knock them down, yeah. take them to the cops, and they'll, they'll throw them away. Hey, you've got they'll my butt in fibers in your hand. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, that's our train groper story. <laughs> we <laughs> Thank hope you. you. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> is it time for cowtails? Apparently, yes, it is. <gasps> Yay. Yay. Mom. This week's cowtail is an intriguing story about... Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. That's not about cows. It's about chickens. That's right. It's all about chickens. Are we going to start doing chicken tails now? Nope. Well, I'm confused. All right. Okay. I will unconfuse you. Thank you. Chick-fil-A is a fast food chicken chain Mm -hmm. in America. If you know what Chick-fil-A is, then you know this cow story, this cow tale. What they did is they've used this reverse marketing technique, Chick-fil-A. And rather than using a chicken to promote their chicken, (laughs) they use a cow. They use a cow. Makes perfect sense. Right. And it does because the cow is wearing a bib and the bib says, eat more chicken. Ah. 
Yeah, so he's telling you to eat chicken so you don't eat him. I see. Yeah. And Chick-fil-A is great. They have come out with all this cow merchandise now mm -hmm. to promote this. Anyway, this Japan light reader and Planet Japan podcast listener, Jay, mm -hmm. he has been sending me these Chick-fil-A calendars. He sent me one for 2005, and he also sent me one for 2006 this year. Nice guy. And the Oh, he's really nice. Mm -hmm. And these calendars are hilarious. They're very, very funny. And uh, each year it's a different theme. And this theme is this year's theme is characters from movies. For example, now imagine each month having a picture of a cow mm -hmm. playing a certain character from a movie. All dressed up and. Yep. Okay. For example, Reuben Hood. Oh sure, the Reuben Hood. Yeah. Now this one's a a little more difficult. El Cud. El Cud, like El Cid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Beef Erickson. Beef Erickson. Not Leif Erickson, as you might believe, but Beef Erickson. That's right. Got it. And uh, the last one, again, a little bit mm -hmm. harder. Yeah. Bold Hoof. Bold Hoof. It must be Brave Heart. You got it. There you go. Okay. There you go. Chicken filet. So, yeah. No, Chick filet. Chick filet. I'm sorry. So check it out. We have a link to the blog. Okay. Or a link on the blog to Chick-fil-A. That's right. Yep. Okay. They have some great cow stuff. Now I wonder if McDonald's will start an ad campaign where they have chickens with a sign that says eat more cows. That would only be fair. Oh, now this would no no no. I think I would have a peta behind me on this one. If we're going to have a, a a war between chicken and cows, it should be fair. I mean, come on. No, my cows are cuter than chickens. I would not say that. And that counts a lot. Yeah. Okay. Cows, I cows are human. Yeah, I understand that you have this kind of weird obsession with cows, and I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with that. I am part <laughs> cow. <laughs> for a while, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. Chick Fil A. I don't think I've ever been to a Chick Fil A. I don't think we had them in my hometown in Denver, Colorado. Maybe not. We did. We had a lot of Kentucky Fried Chicken though. Mm. And you had a lot of cows. We had a lot of cows. Yeah. Mm. Denver's cow country, indeed. Well, I think uh, we're just about ready to talk about teeny bopper slang. Hey, those all right. crazy those crazy young people are just coming up with the wackiest words. Yeah, you know, teeny bopper we said, but actually, um, some of these uh, sound like they might be a little older, like some of those people who are just about to turn twenty, because mm -hmm. one of the words is kuinige, and kuinige means literally to eat and run without paying. Oh, really? Dine like and dash. In a restaurant. Well, except that actually it's a different kind of restaurant. Yeah. This refers to men who prefer one-night stands. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> <laughs> They're referred to as kuinige. Oh, okay. But actually that is a word that is used in Japanese a lot to uh, mean sex. Really? Yeah. Indeed. To eat. To mm -hmm. eat. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes it's used in those connotations. Take oh it from God. me, you know, bartender, mm -hmm. bar owner. Yeah. I hear that one a lot. It's kind of rude, I think. So what's the, what's the Japanese word again? The regular word for eating, taberu. Taberu. But in this case, kui nige. Kui also means to eat. It's right. the same kanji as taberu. Okay. And uh, kui nige is to eat and run. Eat and run. Mm -hmm. Now, does it also refer to running out of a restaurant, or is it only about sex? I really don't know. 
good question. Thank you for your honest answer. You you could have you could have just made up an answer there, <laughs> like like George Bush does. But no, you said right straight out, I don't know. Well, being Japan, where most people are honest, I they probably it probably has never occurred to them to uh, leave without paying their bill. It would be, I think, highly unusual. I yeah. did see somebody being chased at full speed at, out of a uh, a shop. I think a clothing shop, a small clothing shop, the other day, with the uh, the shop worker or the boss, whoever it was, in hot pursuit. Wow. Someone must have stolen something. Just, I think so. Just <gasps> hauling ass down the street. Ooh. And they were both running pretty pretty damn fast. Wow. Yeah. I wanted to kind of kind of uh, follow, follow them on my bike and see, see how this drama ended. But You should have tripped the guy. I had things to do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I could have tripped him, yeah. I could have been a hero. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well. It's time for audio mnemonics. Once again. It's and the favorite part of everybody's Planet Japan show. Last episode, we did the kanji for gate. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason that I gave you that kanji. Okay. <laughs> because today we're going to close the gate. A good idea. Mm-hmm. So the cows don't get out. That's right. Mm-hmm. Don't want the cows to get loose, right. going mad out there. Cows mad with guns. Cows, yeah. mm-hmm. This is the kanji for to close. Shimeru. Shimeru. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can tell it's the kanji for close because you've got the gate there, right? Mm-hmm. Or the two flags facing each other. So you've got the gate. And inside the gate is a person. Mm-hmm. And they're getting crushed oh by the God. doors yeah. of the gate. This is a kanji you see on elevators. Right. And that's how you can remember because actually open and close kind of look similar. They both use gates. Mm-hmm. And it's often confusing, oh, which one do I push? Right. So if you look at the one with the guy getting crushed by the doors, mm-hmm. then that's the one for close. So if you want to crush somebody, that would be the one to push. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Somebody's racing for the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just say, oh, sorry, I'm just a dumb guy, Gene. I didn't yeah, know I didn't, the kanji. I didn't mean to crush you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. That's this week's audio mnemonics kanji. Mm-hmm. Well, this is really the, the saddest part of the show. This is where we have to say goodbye. It is sad. Yeah. Empathetic. We would like to just keep talking for, you know, hours and hours, but we have things to do, places to go, people to see. But we'll be back next week, and we hope you will too. Please tell your friends about Planet Japan. That would be very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your mom, your dad, your, your children, your pets. Tell everybody. Your cows. Tell your cows. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your minister. Tell your rabbi. Tell your priest about Planet Japan. And be sure to vote for us. Be sure to vote for us at uh, planetjapan.org. Yeah. Send us your emails at planetjapan05 at yahoo.com. Or you can leave a message on our blog as well. Don't forget to read That's our right. exciting show notes. I think we've got all our plugs in. Oh, so yeah, Sumina-san. Oh, yeah, Sumina-san. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.